Hello, and welcome to the Hempville CBD Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Cooey. I'm an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry with my business, Hempville CBD. This podcast is dedicated to educating you on CBD and how it can positively impact your life. Also, we'll feature professionals in the cannabis market and share their expertise in the marketplace. Join us on this enlightening journey that will enrich your appreciation of the dynamic cannabis marketplace. Follow us at HempfieldCBD.com. And as always, there's an open invitation to come visit us at the store in South Haven, Mississippi. Now, let's get to it. Hello, this is Ben Cooey. Welcome to the Hempville CBD Podcast Show. I'm sitting here with my producer, Derek. And today, we're going to talk about the hottest thing on the market right now, which is called THCA. A lot of people have heard of that compound, but a lot of people don't understand it. And so that's what we'll get in today. How are you doing this morning, Derek? I'm doing very well, Ben. Good to have you here. Well, thank you. And uh, perfect intro. Yeah. So what is THCA? THCA is a natural compound within that hemp plant. However, it's the precursor to the psychedelic compound of THC. THCA is non-psychedelic. It will not get you high at all. And people always ask, well, how, how, how is it legal for this for you to sell this? Because what we brought it in for is it is it allows us to compete with the medical marijuana industry and what they're selling. And they're saying, well, if this is uh, non-psychoactive, how is it going to help me? How is it like the medical marijuana dispensaries flower? Here's the difference. All the compounds within that hemp plant, when they start growing or they start form- formulating within that hemp plant, they start off as an acid base. And uh, eventually that acid, as the plant grows and these compounds develop, that acid will fall off. For, in- for example, there is CBDA. Well, CBDA eventually turns into CBD. Well, with THCA, it's non-psychedelic, but when it's exposed to heat, it then turns to straight THC. The reason it's legal for me to sell is because I'm selling it in its non-psychedelic form, THCA. Um, Other things in the industry is we're seeing a lot of gummies come out, THCA gummies. Usually they're mixed with other compounds as well. THCA is something you can eat it. I wouldn't suggest eating the bud, <laughs> but if you eat it, it's not going to get you high and not taste very good. No, it's not going to taste very good. Yeah. Uh, you would get all the benefits of uh, the bud if you did eat it. And the benefits are, it's going to help with uh, inflammation of the joints. It's going to help with nausea. It's going to help with the same things. Medical marijuana is going to help with uh, the difference being I mean, you can't cook with it because when it's exposed to heat, it turns into THC. Oh, that's interesting. So you, I mean, you you could cook with it, but then you would probably okay. get high with whatever you're eating. Well, that's good to know. Like, yeah, people still make brownies and cookies on their own. They do, you know. So that's that's good to know. It will convert it to full THC. That it will. What you would want to do if you were going to eat it is, uh, you would sprinkle. You know, you get the bud and grind it up, and maybe sprinkle some of that in yogurt or something in in a food item or drink like a, a smoothie that is not exposed to heat. Mm. But most people don't do that. Most I've never thought of sprinkling marijuana flour on food. That's pretty, that's interesting. But, oh, it, it's now becoming yeah. a trend. It's the new granola. It, it's the, <laughs> that, that's right. Uh, eat it for breakfast. That's right. Most people are buying it to compete with the medical marijuana 
the big difference, people say, what's the difference between what I get in the dispensary and what I'm buying at your store? There's a world of difference, and we'll get into that. When it's exposed to heat, like I said, the A will burn off. It turns into straight THC. The reason it's legal is because I'm selling it in its non-psychedelic form, THCA. Now, we talk about how is it beneficial to the consumer. Um, it's going to do everything the medical marijuana can do. But he, here's really the, the real benefit to it. When you go into a dispensary and you make a purchase, one, you got to have a medical card. Uh, you got to renew that card every six months. Two, you go in there and make that purchase. That purchase is not a private sale. Your name, as soon as you get that card, your name goes into an FBI database. Uh, they're tracking every sale that you uh, purchase. They know exactly how much you're buying, what you're buying, how much money you're spending on it. Also, that's being tracked through the pharmacies as well. So if, let's say later on, you get you get into a car wreck or something happens to you and you need a prescription for, let's say, a strong painkiller or something, you're not going to be able to get that prescription more than likely because my brother's a pharmacist. He says, look, people come in, we put their name in the computer and it'll pop up automatically, medical marijuana card. And then we have to decide based on the medicine they're getting, is this something we can write a uh, fulfill a prescription for, or is this something we're going to have to turn around and tell them, sorry, because you have the medical marijuana card, we can't fulfill this prescription. Meaning your only option now is the medical marijuana. Correct. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is they're thinking, you know, if somebody's, why does somebody need this prescription painkiller if they got the medical marijuana card, because they're just going to take this and sell on, on the street. So right. I understand, uh, what they're trying to prevent, but, that can put a customer sometimes in a, a very tricky or a situation they don't want to be in. Also, when you get that medical marijuana card, whether you're using it or not, you can you might not need a gun, but if you ever needed a gun in the future, you're never going to be able to purchase one. Um, you go to gun dealers, they'll tell you it's a first question on the application. Do you have a medical marijuana card? If you lie on that, it's a federal crime. So and and they're going to find out. But uh. You might say, hey, I got guns. I don't need another gun. Uh, or I don't like guns. I'll never need one. You never really know if you need a gun for, let's say, home protection until you need it. Yeah. And then at that point, it's too late. Should I be proactive or reactive? Correct. You know? I, yeah. Correct. So let me ask you here uh, for dispensaries, and it's okay if you don't know how this works. Does a dispensary fall within insurance? Like, can someone get a prescription and it falls within their insurance? So they're just getting a, just a copay or coinsurance. No, as far it's as straight the, up, it's yeah. straight up. It's okay. on you. Insurance yeah. isn't going to pay for that. Yeah. And so that's, but that's another issue. Someone that really needs the oxy, and they're responsible. Their insurance can cover it. You know, it's it's helpful to them. Correct. But they push you to the dispensary, and now they're kind of putting the hook on you to and spend more money. And, you know, with any medication, a medication is only going to take you so far. So the medical marijuana is a great thing. It does, it, it does wonders for people. But you might have a situation where you need something a whole lot stronger. I mean, we had a retired police officer came in our store. He... uh <laughs> He was an undercover cop. He had 
seeing a young lady at two o'clock in the morning on I two forty in Memphis with a flat tire, and he stopped and helped her. He he didn't identify himself as a cop. I'm sure he did to her, but you know he wasn't wearing a uniform. He stopped and helped her while he was changing the tire. A car hit him and drug him halfway down the highway. Yeah. Uh, this guy has a metal rod in his back. He's got all these medical issues. Um, he's probably, that's a situation where he probably needs something stronger, uh, than medical marijuana. And so I would hate for something like that to happen to somebody to where they have that medical marijuana card. They have a accident like that or, or a situation like that. And now they, they really need something Mm-hmm. really strong and so hey you're just out of luck well, at that point well you, you mentioned the the pharmacist they still assess the situation so is there a possibility that they'll for these you know more intense reasons they would let it slide or no the pharmacist i would th- and i'm not a pharmacist right. and i'm not the one making that call but yeah. uh, i would think that the pharmacist has they have a list of medications that they are not going to uh, fulfill a prescription for if you have that medical marijuana card. Um, of course, medical marijuana is new to Mississippi, so there's a lot of gray area in there. Uh, but I would think pharmacists are going to proceed on the side of caution, Yeah. Uh, if anything else, because they have their licenses and they, they have their uh, career to protect as well. Now, the other thing is, is with growers, you know, where you get your, your bud or your, your flower uh, is very important in Mississippi. You have to buy the, uh, or dispensaries can only buy from Mississippi farmers who are growing the medical marijuana. Mississippi farmers have been doing it for what? Maybe six months, maybe eight months. And really? Grow- yeah. I mean, they, they've only been doing it only for a short while, not even a year, not even a year, maybe a year at most because they yeah. got to put that seed in the ground. I know dispensaries opened up in February of this year, 2023. Uh, so the farmers were probably growing it around October, November of 2022. So maybe right out a year. Growing this stuff and doing it the correct way is an art form. It's not like your garden in your backyard where you just put a seed in the ground, water it, maybe put some soil there, uh, some fertilizer, and you're good. <clears throat> We've had customers. I've, I've not been in a dispensary because I don't have a medical marijuana card. I don't need it. Uh, but we've had customers who have it, who've come into our store and have said, man, that stuff in the dispensaries, we call it government weed. And I go, why do you call it government weed? They said, it is flaky. It is not trimmed well. Uh, it, it's kind of like a watered down version. Kind of like, as you remember in the day, you used to make fun of government cheese because it wasn't real cheese. Well, I ate a lot of the government I cheese. Did, I did too. <laughs> uh, it was a big block, right? And a big cardboard mm-hmm. log. Oh, yeah. Not the best thing. Not the best. Hey, still quality. made a great grilled cheese, sir. It, I it, mean, it, I, we made do. But not the best quality. Yeah. Um, and that's a big difference because with us, because we're, we're not regulated by the government, uh, and we're buying THCA, we're not buying marijuana, we're buying from growers in California, Oregon. We can buy from any grower throughout the United States. That have been doing it for years. That have been doing it for years. They you know, they treat it like an art form. The bud that we're getting is beautiful. It, it It's frosty. It 
and it does the job. And that's the most important thing is, hey, is this going to help this person with whatever situation they're dealing with? But yeah, when when you go into the dispensary, it's not a private sale. Uh, there's all these, you know, regulations that, you know, you can't buy a gun. It's not a private sale. You can only use cash. You can't use your credit card. And in this day and time, the private sale thing is also uh, something a lot of people don't like because a lot of people uh, in the last, I'd say, five years, maybe longer, they're starting to not trust their government. They're starting to feel, hey, my government necessarily does not have my best interests at heart. And so they want sales to be private. Uh, this isn't. You come to a store like mine, it is private. You can use your credit card. You're buying flour that, you know, is not where me, the the retailer, is not forced to buy from a certain state from people who are not necessarily the most experienced in what they're doing. I can go out and search for the best farmers, and that's what I do, and look to see how they're doing it and buy from them because that's the best thing for my customer. Now, there's an age limit on this product. You got to be 21 or up. And a lot of people say, why do I got to be 21 or up at 18? I could be drafted and uh, be put in the military, carry a gun, go to war. Why do I got to be 21? Well, there's a good reason for why you got to be 21. Um, Studies show that your brain does not fully develop until, some people say until 25. I've heard the mid-20s for sure. It, it. There's a range there based on the individual and the maturity level, but I can tell you at 16, uh, <clears throat> my body has probably gotten heavier because I've gotten older and gained weight, but I've not grown at all. <laughs> I've not grown any taller than I am now. <laughs> my brain development has changed greatly simply because at 16, you're, you're new to the world still and immature. Uh, and then as I got into my 20s and late 20s, uh, I could tell – my points of view, my thought process, all that had changed. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason there's a 21 age group or limitation on this is studies have shown under the age of 21, this greatly affects that brain development. At 21 or above, it might affect it a little, but not nearly as much as it is when you're in your teenage years. And I mean, we don't want to hurt anybody's brain or do anything like that. So I agree with the 21 level, but that's the reason why. And obviously they cut onto this many, many, many years ago because of alcohol, right? They, Correct. they moved it from 18 to 21 and probably realized 18 year olds aren't quite mature enough yet to handle. Correct. And we're going to uh, get into the alcohol thing, but there's plenty of 50 year olds that can't handle it too, but that's another story. <laughs> you're, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And, and we're going to get into alcohol. Now, the key thing is what to look for if you're going to go purchase this stuff. One, like I said, a lot of gummies uh, are advertised as THCA gummies, and they might have some THC in them, but that's not what's going to give you the uh, the effect of feeling a little buzzed or anything else like that. What we have found out is a lot of people who are advertising, uh, a lot of wholesalers who are advertising, hey, we got a THCA gummy. It'll have THC in it. But if you look at the other compounds, a lot uh, a lot of compounds we see is THCX. Well, there is no natural compound called THCX. What they've done is that X is uh, an unnamed compound. Generally, it's full of Delta-8. That's what THCX stands for, Delta-8 or Delta-10. And that's the main base of that product. Does it weaken it? It doesn't weaken it. 
but it's a, they're they're selling a, basically a Delta Eight product and advertising it as a THCA product. And the reason why is because THCA is the hottest thing, and customers don't know. Hey, if you eat it, you're not going to get buzzed. I mean, it might help you out a little bit, but um, we had a, we had a wholesaler sell us a THCA product and. We got the product in and I started to look at it and I started to look at the labeling and I noticed, I read the ingredients and then I looked at the COA. The COA said the product was 85% Delta 8. What's COA? The certificate of analysis. Okay. It's the test result of that product to make sure what's in that, what's on that label is in that product. And so I looked at the, the uh, ingredients and it, it it showed me a little stuff, but I knew something was off with this product. So when I went to go look at the COA, I'm like, look, this is 85% Delta 8 in this uh, test result. But on the ingredient level, they, they, they Delta 8 is not even listed. So I called the manufacturer and said, what are you selling me? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a Delta 8 gummy you sold me as a THCA gummy. This is 85% Delta 8, and you don't even have de- that ingredient listed on the label. And I said, that, to me, is false advertising. And so we sent the product and, back. And could make you look bad. Yeah, exactly. It could make me look bad. Uh, it's probably still going to do what it needs to do with the customer to some extent, make them, because a lot of our customers are just looking to take the edge off. I mean, you had brought up alcohol. Um a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are using this in replace of medication or to not get on medication. But then you have a huge majority of people that are using this as their end of the day vice. And usually end of the day vices are alcohol. They're smoking weed that they've gotten off the street. Uh, they might be, you know, hopefully they're buying something from a store that's, uh, can be traced and regulated, but, uh, or a lot of people like to eat. Food is also a vice. And I can tell you with the amount of processed food that we eat and what we'll get into later is how alcohol rate, you know, rages havoc on the body and your internal system. This is by far the, the healthier choice. Smoking, you know, people always ask us, oh, this is better than smoking. Well, it is and it isn't. If you're smoking uh, the flower or the bud, the THCA, uh, it is healthier than, let's say, a cigarette because a cigarette full, is full of other carcinogens that THCA, THCA isn't, and THCA is natural. But your lungs were never made for smoke, so anytime your smoke goes into your lungs, it's never good for it. What about vape? Same way. Okay, yeah. Um, people sometimes think vape is healthier. No, vape is probably just as bad. Uh, vape will have certain chemicals in it too, uh, but it's still smoke. Mm-hmm. And so it's still the... The um, that's still going into your lungs and your lungs just weren't made for that. Yeah. Well, this is the scariest thing. We've had a lot of people come in our store the last two years who have been in our store with a friend. The friend was shopping and we had asked uh, the other friend, Hey, do you need any help? I don't need any of this stuff. I smoke the real stuff. I don't need this stuff. We're like, okay. And then three months later, they're in our store buying product. and, And we would ask them what changed your mind? What happened? They all had the same story. They were all in the hospital for opioid withdrawal. And they all said, look, they told the nurse, I don't smoke. I don't do anything with opioids. I just smoke weed. Uh, The reason they had opioid 
opioid withdrawal is because what they were buying off the street was laced with some type of opioid. God, that's terrifying. Scary. Oh, it gets worse. Um, <clears throat> they were in the hospital, uh, and the reason it's laced, the, their weed, street weed, was laced is because if you sprinkle a little opioids on there, it's going to be a much stronger. It's also addictive. They're going to come back for biz- more so business. You're going to come back more and more yeah. and more for more business. Now, uh, that's already bad. We had one father bring his 22-year-old son to our store, and, and he was in there looking around. I said, yeah, yeah, you don't want to buy stuff off the street because you never know what's in it. He goes, that's why we're here. And so I kind of told him the story about several other customers that have ended up in the hospital in the emergency room. He goes, oh, no, buddy. My son died on the floor for 20 minutes uh, about two months ago. And I said, what happened? He goes, well, he had bought some weed from his friend. He, my, his son has MS. That's why he smokes weed for the, all the problems that come with that. He goes, he took two puffs of that, collapsed on the floor, and I had to do CPR on him for 20 minutes until the paramedic, paramedics arrived. They pronounced him dead, got him to the hospital, and was able to revive him. He spent seven days in the hospital, and we finally got him out. Did they see traces of opioids? Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. That, it was it was laced with a uh, I think fentanyl. Whoa, he's <clears throat> um, lucky to be alive. He didn't have it. Didn't have a lot of fentanyl in it. God. Otherwise, it would have killed him pretty much instantly. But it had uh, a small little hints of it. And we hear people all the time. Oh well, I don't have to worry about that. I buy from my friend. I buy from a guy I know I've known 20 years. And the scary thing about that is don't be naive unless he's growing it at his, at his house, which would be illegal. Uh, he's getting it from somebody else. That weed has probably touched five different hands. Yeah. It's, it, you know, you might be buying it from somebody you trust, but where was it before he got a hold of it? He's not lacing it with, with, opioids or fentanyl somebody else down the road is and so you never know and if you did get a hold of a bad batch how are you going to trace it back mm-hmm. how are you going to find out you're not yeah. and we always tell customers look don't roll the dice with your life because if you're out there buying street weed you are rolling the dice with your life hoping that it's not laced with something and, and that's what can give it that stigma still Oh, yeah. Oh, how weed is just awful. It's so bad for you. Well, yeah, when it's laced with fentanyl. Correct. Certainly. Correct. And I'm not, you know, I was one growing up, uh, never smoked weed. Never, I mean, I'm in college. I never walked into a bar until I was 26 years old. Uh, that's just something our family did not do. You know, we're from a family of nurses and doctors and stuff. We like to try to live as healthy as we can, even though every once in a while we'll stop at a McDonald's. But, but, um, uh, it's just, you know, I remember Nancy Reagan say no to drugs and we were all in that as I got older. And as I started doing more research, I just looked at, yeah, most drug, I mean, I would never do any drugs, but we are uh, marijuana. Uh, we've been told a lot of lies about that plant. Yes. Uh, it's an all natural plant. It's like anything else. You got to handle it responsibly, but it does. There are now a lot of doctors coming out saying, Hey, this is the key to getting off of a lot of prescriptions. This could help. Uh, and it doesn't have the stigma that it used to have of, Oh, you're a bad person if you're on this. Now, one, one big question we get 
is what's the difference between THCA and Delta-8? THCA is all natural. Delta-8, they uh, categorize that as synthetic. To me, my personal opinion, their uh, definition of synthetic, because when you say a synthetic drug, you're thinking, oh, God, I don't want any of that. You know, it's been cooked up in a laboratory somewhere. There's no telling what's in it. Crystal meth. Crystal meth. <laughs> um, their definition of synthetic is awfully weak, and this is what I mean by that. When you go to the grocery store to get bananas, what color are your bananas? Well, yellow, but when, sometimes green. Well, the bananas yeah. start off green. Right. What they do is they CO2 gas them to turn them yellow because it ages them quicker. And so they it turns yellow, and that's what they put on the grocery store. Well, with Delta-8, and Delta-8 is it's a natural compound, but it's there's a very small amount of it in a hemp plant. In order to get enough Delta-8 to make products, they withdraw the CBD, they extract the CBD out of the hemp plant, and then they CO2 gas it because they age it. Because once they age it, it turns into Delta-8. And, that, and then they take that Delta-8 and put it into a product. So all you did was CO2 gas that product the same way we do our bananas. But now you're saying that's synthetic. But you go to the grocery store, they don't call your bananas synthetic. And the other argument is, look at alcohol. Everything in a liquor store under that definition is synthetic because you can't get wheat, potatoes, or whatever you're using, corn, and squeeze it and get alcohol out of it. <laughs> it, it has to go through a process. Delta-8 has to go through a process as well to, to get enough of it to make products. So they say it's a synthetic drug. Uh, I think that's an awfully weak definition because you can look at the other things around us, and they, they would be categorized as more synthetic than that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but the effects of it, Delta-8 tends to uh, hit you. When I say hit you harder, I, I just mean it, it puts you – it's more of an indica. It's going to put you – in the couch, very relaxed. Uh, you're functional, but you, I would suggest you don't drive a car with it. But it's, it's just going to make you, it's more of an indica where we call in the couch. You're just going to want to sit there and say, I'll do that tomorrow, man. I'll just watch this or I'll go to bed. I, anything I have to do, I'll do tomorrow. You're going to be very unproductive. <laughs> THCA is different. THCA can come in an indica strain, a hybrid strain, or a sativa strain. Now, the difference between that is indica is going to put you in the couch. It's going to hit you. It's more of a nighttime strain, end-of-the-day strain. It's just going to relax you, get you ready for sleep, uh, a good way to end the day. <clears throat> uh, sativa is going to – it's not going to hype you up, but it's going to uh, give you a slight buzz. But it's going to give you more. It's going to hit your brain differently. It's going to make you more creative, more. You're going to start thinking of a different way to do things. Or, or if you're a writer or painter, it's going to give you a different way to look at things and start creating without having to think of, of things. Uh, it can make you very productive depending on what you're doing. A hybrid's kind of the same thing. A hybrid is a little indica, little sativa. It's just to balance you out and, you know, make the day really smooth. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have some some range there with THCA, where with Delta-8, it's all indica, and it's all going to hit you the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so do not take Delta-8 and think you're going to go to work and be productive because you're not going to get anything. You're going to sit there and smile at everybody, wave, and you'll have the best day ever, but you're not going to get squat <laughs> done. Now, there's always a big question. 
are these gateway drugs. Uh, you know, I've heard that my I've heard marijuana is a gateway drug. Now that I'm older, I'm thinking I'm 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 thinking more and more that's not true. And here's why: the reason they call it a gateway drug is they go, well, everybody we've arrested who's hooked on uh, heroin or meth or whatever, they all started out using marijuana. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that is the case and that's your definition, everybody I know who's an alcoholic who is drinking whiskey and vodka and all the strong stuff, guess what? They all started out drinking beer when they were in high school or college. And then they decided it was their choice to step up. Now, the difference between the cannabis and the alcohol is one is addictive and one is not. Now, people will argue, oh, cannabis is addictive. I don't know. I know of AA. I know of Alcoholics Anonymous, certain groups to help people deal with it. I've never heard of Cannabis Anonymous, where people, pot smokers, are having to form a group so they can talk about their problems so they cannot smoke right. <laughs> smoke cannabis. Um, Plus, I know personally, alcohol was my gateway. Mm-hmm. That's just as bad, alcohol, because your inhibitions are gone. So now if something's in front of you, you're more apt to take it. That's Correct. how it was for me. And I've had alcoholics in my family, and I've seen them to where a certain time of day would hit, and they had to have it. I mean, like if they didn't get it, they would turn irritable, violent. Uh, shake. Sh- they would start to shake. Yep. I've never seen that with a cannabis person. And I've, I've been around people who've used cannabis every single day. Uh, me and my personal experience, I don't use it every single day. I might use it three days a week, but I've never had a day to where I'm like, Oh God, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I'm not going to be able to function without it. That's never happened to me. Uh, so the gateway drug to me is alcohol, not cannabis. They've just reversed it. I didn't mean to steal your thunder on that one. (laughs) No, 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 that's fine. Um, because it's true. Like I said, but let me add again, you're looking at one right here, right? Um, and, and that to me is scary because it's promoted publicly. Cannabis is a gateway drug. Nobody says anything about alcohol. Now we get into the argument of alcohol versus cannabis. What, what are the pros and cons the drawbacks? Uh, you know, people are going to have many different opinions on this, but when you're dealing with alcohol, alcohol wrecks your system inside. And I'll give you, I mean, you look at the drawbacks. One, alcohol is addictive. Two, alcohol, it rages havoc on your immune system. And your immune system is extremely important because it protects you from illnesses and getting diseases and all that stuff. 70% of your immune system is in your gut. All right. When you drink alcohol and that alcohol goes into your gut and your intestines, intestines, it's going to inflame and irritate that part of your body. It weakens the good cells within that system and makes you more immune to catching a disease or catching some type of illness. Uh, it also increases the likelihood that you'll get diabetes. It, what alcohol does is it breaks down that immune system, making your immune system vulnerable. You're more likely to get diabetes. It rages havoc on your liver and you're more likely to have liver failure. It, uh, hurts your digestive system. It makes you bloated, gassy, makes it harder to not only digest food, but it makes it easier to develop food intolerances where now there are certain foods you can't eat because your stomach's not going to digest it correctly. 
It rages havoc on your mental health. Alcohol is a depressant. So the more you drink, it's going to help with, it's actually going to inflame. It's like throwing gas on depression. Uh, Upper GI. Too. <clears throat> yeah, upper up GI. The, the esophagus. I always, I always had that issue too. So it, it, it's a negative impact on your mental health, and it also causes dehydration. The more you drink, the more water it's sucking out of your body, and, and you need that. With cannabis, it doesn't, it's non-addictive. Uh, side effects are, let's say if you had too much, uh, it'd be like if you had way too much to drink, only worse, meaning everybody's had way too much to drink and the room's spinning. Well, cannabis seems to, uh, if you take too much of it, uh, it, that that effect is going to be worse for you, and nobody wants that. If anybody out there has had, they've eaten too many gummies or they've uh, smoked too much, you know what I'm talking about. You, you're, you'll be sitting in a chair on the couch, and you'll be like, oh, my goodness, I can't move. And it's not because I'm feeling good. It's because my equilibrium's off so much, and the room is spinning so much that if I just move a little bit, I'm probably just going to throw up or pass mm-hmm. out on the floor. But cannabis is non-addictive. It's not raging. I mean, your body has a system built to uh, accept these cannabinoids. Your body doesn't have a system to accept alcohol. Your body's fighting alcohol the, the whole way it's in your the whole time it's in your system. And so, I just look at cannabis as the the smarter, healthier choice. If that if that makes any sense, oh, given no, if you I agree, if you would ask me that 20, 30 years ago, I would have told you there's no way. Look, I quit drinking almost ten years ago, and uh, I've always been a consumer of cannabis products, you know. And here I am, functioning and have been able to have a life, yeah, without without the alcohol issue. You know, I had the the allergic. I had the gene. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't hear of anyone saying, yeah, "Man, I get the gene for." Cannibal, uh, cannabis products. You yeah, know, as I, soon I, as I touch it, I'm addicted. I've never heard of that. Yeah, that is a real thing for alcohol. Uh, correct. And some people just don't take a look at it, and before you know it, they're heavy drinkers. And I would say, if if cannabis <clears throat> is something that made your life spin out of control, uh, you develop major health problems and and other things with it, then you were smoking street weed. Yeah, there was some cannabis does not do that. There was something else in that product that yeah. caused that. And that's what was scary. As we talked about earlier, these people buying street weed that had opioid spray sprinkled on it. Uh, that's exactly the road they were going down. Thank goodness. And this sounds terrible. Thank goodness. They ended up in the emergency room so that they could find out what it was because if they didn't get sick, uh, they would have never known and they would have been more addicted and harder to get off of it. Mm-hmm. One of the best things I like to to talk about when we talk about alcohol versus cannabis is a story a retired cop came into our store and he he came in and he says we didn't know who he was his first time customer he says I just want to let you know I'm against all this stuff I voted against medical marijuana in the state of Mississippi and I think this is horrible and I and I, I he goes so you're probably wondering why I'm here. Because he wasn't dressed as a cop. He's retired. I said, yeah, I kind of am. I was like, what's up? And he goes, I got prostate cancer. He goes, the medicine's not really helping me. I'm losing my appetite. Uh, The treatment he's going through is is just wearing him out more. And he goes, you know, 
and this goes back to what got me into the business. It takes somebody you care about to get sick, really sick. And then all of a sudden, Hey, I I heard this could help. I've been against it my whole life, but I heard that when you see somebody in a all or nothing battle because cancer is life or death, you're willing to try anything. And that's why he was in our store. He goes, you know what? I've been against it my whole life. I've been a, a peace officer of the law. We were trained that this is evil, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten to the point medically where the medical stuff really isn't helping me. So I'm willing to try anything. And so he started to try it and he's been back several times. He goes and his whole attitude has changed, but his whole standard of living way of life has changed. He says, look, uh, I still got the cancer, but as far as the pain, the appetite, everything that's going with it, uh, as far as it trying to spread throughout my body, that's kind of all stopped. Uh, and so his standard of living has gotten better. But what he, what he told me as a police, he goes, you know what? Now that I started using this stuff, I started thinking back being a cop and he goes, I can't tell you how many bars I've had to go to and domestic violence calls I had to go to where people were violent. And he goes, they all had one thing in common. They were all drunk. And he goes, I've never, (laughs) I have never been to a bar or been to a domestic violence situation to where the call was. These people are so high. They're beating each other up. (laughs) He goes, uh, that's, he said, you know, if everybody was using this, the world might be a much calmer place. Uh, and so, you know, you took somebody who was completely against it. Now he's all for it, but it's, he's like me, I'm all for it as long as you use it responsibly. And there comes the argument with, well, alcohol's the same way. And, and we have proof every single day that adults cannot handle this responsibly. And that's true. Um, but it's the, addic- the addictive Nature of it mm-hmm. is what makes you keep going to that next beer, that next beer, that next beer. So it's harder to regulate, use that word, as the consumer. You know? Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like when I, when I would get a buzz going, mm-hmm. I wanted to keep it going. So that's the addiction part. Correct. So then I'm not using it responsibly but because it's addictive and I have the gene. That's why. But that's not the, the case with with cannabis. No, and, and the way I look at it is people say, well, why should we make cannabis legal if we already have one drug out there, alcohol, that people can't uh, handle? Why are we going to make this one? Good argument, but the flip side of that is, hey, you, the one that's legal makes people violent. It's addictive. It kills their body. This actually, uh, if used responsibly, is going to help people with their health, certain health needs. It's going to calm people down. They're not going to be violent. It's not an addictive sub- substance. It's, to me, it's not a gateway drug because I think the individual makes the decision on whether or not they want to step up to something stronger that's going to kill them like opioids. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I've never been an alcoholic, but if you were a teenager drinking beer and you get into college and you're like, yeah, let's get – Let's get vodka. Let's you're making that choice because you could have had beer, but you're making the choice to step up to something stronger. And really that's a bad choice. Cause like I said, it's addictive. You're going for something stronger. It's just going to snowball on you even worse. Sure. Yeah. You know, another story, and, and this is one that is more of a feel good story, but it's so true. And it's why I go to work every day. When you have people like right now we're selling, uh, cannabis drinks, Delta T, T Delta nine THCA drinks. 
they're awesome. And when I say they're awesome, like if you look at the ingredients, like one, if you pick up a bottle of Jack Daniels and look at the ingredients, there's no ingredient list on that bottle. Yeah. I mean, it, we all know it's high in sugar. And that helps cause with the diabetes and the weight gain and the alcohol. We've already talked about what it does to your immune system and stuff like that. I picked up these drinks, and the first thing I did uh, was look at the ingredient list and look at the the health list on it. Zero calories, zero fat, zero protein, zero carbs, zero sodium. It's just, uh, oh, what's that water? Carbonate. It's carbonated water with uh, the Delta 9 infused in it and a tad bit of flavoring. Uh, nothing in there is going to give you cancer. Nothing in there is going to be addictive. Uh, people have come in who buy these drinks, almost all of them were alcoholics. And they'll come in and buy these drinks, and they're like, you know what? I used to have eight shots or eight glasses of whiskey a night, eight shots of whiskey a night. I'm drinking one-fourth of this and getting a better result out of it because – with the whiskey, I'm drunk, and I'm completely unfunctional. But with this, it gives me the same result. It brings me down. It levels me out. I'm calm, but I am functional when I'm doing it. I mean, it helps me with my sleep, but I'm not a, a complete mess. I can walk around the house and do things. I'm not stumbling over stuff. Uh, like I said, the one thing we suggest is it's tricky, even though you're functional. Do not fool yourself into thinking you can drive a car because if you get in that car, you're going to get pulled over for DUI and you'll path, pass a breathalyzer, but you are under the influence of the Delta 9 and you will get arrested. Uh, so please don't do that. Yeah. Again, you have to be responsible. But these people come in our store and it's not just the people that are buying the drinks. It's the people who are uh, also using the gummies and the, the flour and everything else. They will come in and you're talking old, older people as well as young, but you're talking people's, they'll come in and give us hugs. They'll shake our hand. They'll tell us how thankful they are that there's a store like this in their community and that we're not just out there hawking product or selling whatever, that we can break down what this product is, who made it, what it's going to do to you, how it will affect your medications, and so on. That lets me know we're doing, we're heading down the right track and we're doing it right. Because when customers are thanking you, they're thanking you because they're now realizing they had a problem or they had a problem they couldn't fix, like with pain or arthritis. And they didn't want to get on that medication. They didn't want to take opioids uh, because they were afraid of them. And this is an alternative. They just like the fact they have the alternative to make a choice rather than being forced down a one-way street. And that means the world to us. Plus, as one of them, said, we got one guy. He's a. He said, "I've lost twenty pounds. I've lost twenty pounds since I've been drinking your drinks because uh, uh, the alcohol was making me fat and overweight. And this stuff, uh, it has no sugar in it." And he goes, "So it's doing the trick, but I'm losing weight at the same time." I said, well, "More power, yeah, more power to you." Because alcohol turns into sugar, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And there's a high. There is a high concentration of sugar per volume of alcohol, too. I mean, it's very high. And uh, that is what rate, you know, that's not good for your liver. It's not good for your kidneys. Uh, and actually, uh, not that I want to break off into this, but my brother-in-law has cancer. And the one thing we're, we've been studying is the cancer cells feed off the sugar in your body. That if you can limit the sugar in your body, it's like starving those cancer cells out. 
uh, less sugar is better, not only for weight, but for other things too. Alcohol just adds to that problem where cannabis is, is not adding, it's actually taking away. And so that's, uh, you know, that's where we can end it today, but that is the goal of why we got into this business to give people an alternative to pharmaceuticals, an alternative to, to habits that we saw that were, were hurting people and hurting families. And this works out so much better. So outstanding, man. We, uh, we learned a lot today, didn't we? We I, did. And what's great is uh, I'm as curious as anyone sitting right across from you. I'll always be transparent. I'm a consumer. Oh, you know, so, so, but I, but I still have those questions. I've been smoking marijuana for 30 years. Let me just, you know, 15, I started right off and on. I have, I had no education on anything. All I knew was I'd buy it and smoke it, you know, like <laughs> that's as far as I dug into it. And, and most know? people do. So now you see signs, CBD and Delta eight and THCA. Like I'm like, before I f- discovered it, like, what does that mean? I, I had no idea. You know, and that's why this is great. Well, five years ago, I had no idea, and then I <laughs> discovered it. But uh, all I can say to consumers out there is, I beg you, please do not go into a gas station or a vape shop to buy your product, and do not buy product off the street. I mean, with shops like ours and other shops out there, if you're not going to my shop, go to another shop that's reputable and buy whatever product that you need uh, versus rolling the dice with your life by buying it off the street. And, you know, the gas stations and the vape shops, they're good people, but that industry is not set up for the education on these products. And the education is what is needed for the consumer to know what they're doing and, and what's going to fit best with their situation. Uh, and the people behind the counter in those shops do not have that education to advise you. They're, they're, they just have the education to say, this product, I got this product here, this product here. You make the decision without any knowledge, and that's always scary. I just want to say thank thank everybody for uh, listening to us, and the one thing I'll say to you to end this is everybody listening, all of you have the power to make somebody's day if you want to, and it could be something and it could be something as easily as going through the checkout line at the grocery store and making a joke to the person who's scanning your groceries or just being polite to them and nice. But as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know what? I have the power every day to make somebody's day just in a, you know, not, not I'm not going to make them feel like they won the lottery, but just to make them laugh or to make them smile or to give them something to think about. Or if they make a mistake and drop my eggs all over the, the ground, instead of to throw a fit and, and go crazy, say, look, things happen. I'm not worried about it. Let's just go get another one or or whatever, if they get my order wrong at McDonald's, which is like 90% of the time, uh, I, I don't understand it. I think they do it on purpose. Uh, but, you know, though, most of the time those are teenagers working. I got more things to worry about in my life than to yell at a messed up order. Uh, I've learned to to cut those people that are negative in my life out, and it's much easier to be nicer to people than it is to fuss and, and get mad. So. What I suggest all of you is to, during your day-to-day, try to make somebody's day in the smallest way. And I can tell you it's much easier to do that if you're happy. And you're going to be happy if you use one of these cannabis products. Yeah, You're going to be smiling. Everybody's your friend. Yeah. Uh, if you don't believe me, buy you a small pack of gummies. 
eat it and go to the grocery store. And when you go to the grocery store, it's like everybody's your buddy. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Everything's good. So try to have that positive outlook on it. But that's how I'll end today. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd appreciate it if you took a minute to subscribe, rate, review, and follow us at HempfieldCBD.com. This increases the reach to more people who are trying to navigate through the changing cannabis market and its products so that we can create a more knowledgeable consumer. Take a screenshot and tag me in your social stories to friends. It means the world to me to know that this podcast has positively helped you and that we get to be a part of your journey. Thank you, and until next time, here's to a better life. 